It is a day, how many hear me, to adhere to truth. And there's not a lot of truth around. How many hear what I just said? I'm, I'm in the middle. I didn't mean even to do a series, but it's called Living in Truth in the Time of Great Deception. And I feel like I need to go here. I've had notes, and I have notes out the wazoo, y'all, and I just can hardly get to them. I don't know what to say. It's just the most different time I've ever lived in my life. One thing I mentioned Wednesday night, if you were here, if you maybe you maybe have watched online, I'm going through the book of Revelation, and I was looking at Revelation chapter 7, which talks about these Jews that will be sealed that are going to, into a very hard time called the day of the Lord where it's unparalleled judgment on earth because of its sin. And then the rapture of the church, the latter part of that chapter, Revelation 7. How many are looking forward to the rapture of the church? How many have never heard the term rapture of the church? Raise your hand. How many think you know what the rapture of the church is? Raise your hand. How many are looking forward to being caught away? Yeah, it's coming. Before that happens, however, and this is, uh, this is a bone of contention in theological circles, to say the least, we're going to see the rise of the Antichrist. He's going to rise up in the Middle East, and, you know, he's going to have to do with Israel and such. And, and some people pay attention to the news, and a lot of people don't. I encourage you, you should pay attention and just kind of see what's going on. Don't spend much, a whole lot of time on it, but look at it, but... Nonetheless, we're going to see him rise, and one of the, one of the things that will epitomize his rising is this great deception. And that attitude is, it pervades the entire earth today, the attitude of deception. It was in my notes last week, I never got to them, but Daniel 8.25 speaks of this man of sin. He will be a master of deception and become arrogant. He will destroy many without warning. He'll even take on the prince of princes in battle. He'll be broken, though not by human power. And that's speaking of this man, Antichrist. It's talking about him being a person of deception. Second Thessalonians 2, 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. It's speaking there of almost a supernatural ability to deceive and say things and get you to believe that that's absolutely the way it is. And it says they're deceived because they do not receive the love of the truth. That they might be saved. And for this reason God sends them strong delusion that they should believe the lies. Not that God sends a delusion. He just steps out of the way with his light and the darkness comes right in. And those that should know truth no longer can tell truth from lies. And then 1 John 2, I'm writing not because you don't know the truth, verse 21, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. Who's a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Wow, that's pretty strong, right? 1 John 4, beloved, and that's talking about the spirit of antichrist, not the person himself. 1 John 4, 1, don't believe every spirit, test the spirits. To see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you'll know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist which you have heard is coming and is already in the world. And that was back first century, 2,000 years ago. You're of God, little children, and never overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And then Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. But woe to those who call evil good. And good evil who put light. Darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Then a couple of weeks ago I think I mentioned. The spirit of Antichrist. Now he manifests today. See what we do is. Here's what we've done. <clears throat> We're in the four walls of a building we call this church, and we've separated church from the rest of life. You can't do that anymore. How many hear me? Oh, that preacher's just preaching. But he's not talking to me because I'm going to go out of here and have fun. That won't happen anymore. Well, well then what's going to happen? You'll get judgment. I, I, that's just too raw for me, but that's truth. How many hear me? 
The spirit of Antichrist. People don't even know it's around. Listen to this. These are the things that the spirit of Antichrist pushes. Same-sex marriage. Homosexuality, lesbianism. How many hear what I just said? Two weeks ago, I said it uh, a couple of weeks ago, our Supreme Court just passed a law, y'all. It's a law that sexual orientation and transgender rights are equal to male and female rights. Is that right? Is that the way you think? Yes or no? My friends, that's deception. How many hear me? And see, people I know, you get judged when you talk about these things, but I have to talk about them. These are the things that are going to be the making or breaking of our country and the world. And these are the things that are going to bring persecution your way if you're really going to walk with God. And they're the things that are going to bring persecution my way if I choose to speak truth and call sin what it is. Our world is absent of the fact that God is holy and pure. The only thing we think about God is that he is loving. And when we think of God being as loving, that means he's a Santa Claus in the sky who accepts everything I do, everything I am. And because he loves me so much, he wouldn't dare let me go to what those people used to call hell and the lake of fire. Because that's just old school preaching and that's not true anymore. We'll, be, we'll, we'll all know in a hundred years. Because we'll either be in heaven or hell according to what we, where we've been and what we've believed and how we've lived our life. Yes or no? But you don't hear that much in the modern church. It's unusual to me. Is it unusual to you? Pornography. So I'm talking about the spirit of Antichrist and what he pushes. Pornography is a worldwide scourge. Fornication. Now that's common. You know, you try, try a car out. You drive it before you buy it. And that's the same idea now. Our current culture has about sex. You got to check it out before you marry somebody. Friends, the Bible calls that sin. Yes or no? Spirit of Antichrist pushes that. Relative values, that means there is no right or wrong. It's all relative to your situation, the business be- deal you're about to enter into. That's really not lying. It's just withholding some of the facts so you can, you know, put a little bit of, sprinkle some sugar on what, you, what that person's about to do because you know you're going to eat their lunch financially. You're going to make a bunch of money. Yeah, relative value. Socialism. The young crowd today thinks socialism is wonderful. Socialism is a scourge. Commun right on the heels of that communism. That means everybody has the same. Everybody's got the same house. Everybody's got the same money. Everybody's got the same everything. Well, where's all that same coming from? Somebody's got to make it. Where's it coming from? Where's the money coming from? It's coming from the people that have it. And then the people that do nothing get equally the same. Oh, is that, is that what you think and believe? The Bible says if you don't eat, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. That's not popular today. How many hear me? I taught my kids, you want a car, earn it. I know a lot of people get, I see, I don't want to step on, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I didn't buy any of my kids a car. No, they bought it and paid me back. Well, I might have bought it. They paid me back. I didn't pay their insurance. I didn't pay for their cell phone. They had to go out and work. How many hear me? If you give people something for nothing, they won't value anything. Communism and socialism are demonic. They lead to anarchy and control. How many want that? And then that's my next one. Control, atheism, lawlessness. The spirit of Antichrist is the spirit of lawlessness. See what's happening in America today? The lawlessness that's being allowed. Question, why is the lawlessness being allowed in our major cities? Anybody got an answer for that? Why are, why are the police standing back? Why are the mayors standing back? Why are the congressmen and senators standing back? Why are the governors standing back? Why? Why? Anybody got an answer for that? Pastor, you need to shut up and preach the word. I am preaching the word. I'm talking about the deception that's here and nobody wants to admit it's deception. How many hear me? 
Huh? The world's burning down around us, but us believers, hip hip hooray, we're going to heaven. Well, there's some hell to walk through before you get there. I know that's extremely plain, but I want you to make sure you understand me. Lawlessness is a part of the spirit of Antichrist, y'all. Anything that says there's a law, but we're not going to put it into force, that is the spirit of Antichrist. Why do we have laws? Well, we don't need law. We got grace. No, if you don't have law, you have, you have mayhem. And you have, you have such chaos that you can't leave your home without laws. Why did God give Moses the Ten Commandments? The Jewish race did the human race a great favor. When Moses went on top of Mount Sinai and God said, I got ten things to share with you. Share them with your friends. Share them with the human race. In fact, they're, they're so true, I'm going to etch them with my finger in stone. Ten commands to live by. Well, pastor, I'm not, a, I'm not an Old Testament believer. I'm a New Testament believer living under grace. Why do I need the Ten Commandments? Well, Romans chapter 2 said the whole, when the Holy Spirit came to live inside you, he took those stony commandments and placed them in your heart and made them fleshly and real. So that you can live without lying and cheating and stealing and fornicating and adulterizing. It just comes from inside. Lawlessness is a part of the Antichrist spirit. And friends, it's everywhere. There is a malevolent scheme. You can feel it. Why is it being allowed? Because if things are out of control, somebody's got to put it in control. Did you hear what I just said? Interesting. Fear. Godlessness. We're coming into an era of time that it will not be popular to be a believer. That if you say you love Jesus, people will snarl at you and say things about you and see if they can get you to backtrack. It used to be popular in America to be a Christian, but not now. Not if you're a real Christian. If you're a pseudo-Christian and your Christianity doesn't change your lifestyle, then yeah, yeah. You can say you're a Christian. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 7, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Yes or no? This is the strangest thing. Y'all, I don't even have any of this planned. Amorality is a part of the spirit of Antichrist. What does that mean? Any morals are okay. If I have lesbian tendencies, that's okay. If I have a homosexual tendencies, that's okay. If I want to sleep around with everything, everybody I see, anybody I see that's pretty, I can just sleep with them, have sex with them. That's amorality. How many hear me? You know what the Bible says? This is my terms. This is my translation. Take a cold shower. Say no. What's wrong with saying no? Huh? Amorality, divisiveness, inequality, rioting, violence, division, racism. How many know in Christ Jesus there's neither male or female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, slave or free, or all one in Christ? How many know in heaven there won't be skin color? No, there'll be races. But there won't be division. Yes or no? Here's the spirit of Antichrist. Worldwide law codes adopted by all nations. Did you know that's coming? Huh? Here's a UN charter. Well, this, this is how you need to live. This is going to cross national barriers. Do you think that might come one day? How about worldwide currency? How can, you, how, how can you create $6 trillion or 4 to $6 trillion out of thin air? Where does that come from? Just push a button. What's going to happen? Our currency is going to crash. What's going to happen after that? Everybody's got the same currency. And now currency's dirty. Oh, I left mine in my claw. You know, take a dollar. Oh, your hands are soiled. My Lord is... COVID-19 on that dollar bill, better not take it out your pocket, right? What's the next step? No dollars, no cash, digital. It's 
spirit of Antichrist. No borders between nations. Well, we're supposed to love everybody. I know, but you know what? The whole human heart's wicked. That's why you got to have boundaries. That's why we have prisons. That's why we have jails. Not because we hate people, because those, those people there, they're going to do something nefarious and bad to somebody else. You got to keep them under lock and key, keep it controlled, right? Why do you have national barriers? Because people who have ill towards us want to come in and wreak havoc. Yes or no? Well, Pastor, you're t- preaching a political message. No, I'm not. That's Bible. Hmm? Well, I had sex. I don't want the baby. I don't like the baby. Where's the closest abortion clinic? Oh, it's over here on Hillsborough Street. Well, how much does it cost? Oh, several hundred dollars. Is that right? To kill an innocent life before it has the chance to breathe fresh air like you breathe? Yes or no? We've killed 63 million. My friends, that's the spirit of Antichrist. We're worshiping false gods in America and nobody sees it. Hmm? Yes or no? Well, I wandered into this. How am I going to get out of it? We're, we're in a strange time where truth is twisted. That's what I'm trying to get you to see in a practical way. Listen, Jesus said, they asked him what it would be like before he came back. Y'all, how many know Jesus is coming back? Are you ready for him to come? Is your daily behavior such that I'm ready to go right now? If he calls me home today, I'm happy to go. Yes or no? First, uh, Matthew 24, 4. What's it going to be like before I, uh, you come back? The disciples asked Jesus. At that time, deception will run rampant. Passion translation. So beware that you're not fooled. That's today. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Again, Passion Translation, Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of the age, many will depart from truth, from the true faith, one after another. What does it mean to depart from something? Does that mean you were there to begin with? If you depart from something, that something's with you, yes or no? So if somebody departs from faith, what does that mean? Well, they were a believer or at least Some semblance of faith was there, but then they depart from it. What does depart mean? Well, I never talked this way, but I could say, Susan, I'm going to depart. I'm going to church, so I'll depart. That means I'm leaving. So when when, when Paul said many will depart from the true faith, that means they're going to leave the faith. That means they once believed it, but they no longer do. Let me go a step further and say belief is lifestyle. What you believe, you live. A lot of people say they believe, but it never changed how they live, but so they never believed. Is that true? That's the reason Jesus said, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter, but only those who perform the will of my God, in, my Father in heaven. He's not saying that works get us to heaven. He's just saying the other side of the coin of grace and works is, works show you what you really are. If you really change, you can't do what you used to do and feel comfortable with it. You can't do it and wipe your mouth and say, well, that was good. I'm going to do that again tomorrow. No, you're going to say, oh, God, woe is me. I've sinned. Help me not to do that again. That was wrong. Somebody inside of me is telling me not to commit that again. Help me not to do it. Forgive me for the weakness of my flesh. Yes or no? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves, watch this, to spirits of deception. Did you know they're demon spirits? Their main occupation is to deceive. Think about that. Ever ever talk to somebody and you just can't get truth through to them? You know they're doing something that's going to harm them? You know they're doing, maybe you're here. Maybe you're watching. You're doing something and you know it's going to harm your behavior. Uh, harm your physical body. It's a behavior. I said it wrong. It's a behavior that's going to harm you physically. How many know it's pretty stupid to do that? You know, you wouldn't go to the grocery store and get a can of Drano and then pour that in your sweet tea and drink it, would you? Because you know it'll harm you. Yes or no? 
But if you're deceived, you do things that harm you. Right? Now, I'm not picking on this. And, you know, if you do this, I I love you. But I never have figured out a person smoking a cigarette. I used to smoke cigarettes. Believe it or not, I stopped September 12, 1976. Two o'clock in the afternoon. I threw my Marlboros out the window. And my cools. Because I was cool. But I was deceived into thinking that made me cool. It made me feel better. It kept me from gaining. Some people, well, I gain weight if I quit smoking. No, you'll die if you don't. Right? I'm sorry, y'all. I say, well, I, yeah, you drink a lot? Well, you know, I drink some. Well, how much you drink? You ever heard of cirrhosis of the liver? I've put people in the ground who died from cirrhosis of the liver. That's not fun, you know. Or just name your favorite habit. I'm just saying that. People that are deceived will do things that will harm them. Devoting themselves to spirits of deception following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Hypocritical liars will deceive many. Their consciences won't bother them at all. Now, we're living in that today. A lot of people can... It's a crazy day, (sighs) y'all. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time that you heard something and said, that's not true? When's the last time you watched a news broadcast, read something on the internet, and you said that, that's not so? Okay, if, if it's been less than 24 hours, you are a deceived person. Because most everything you hear has got a slant today. Is that true? Yes or no? Wow. I used to think when I read these scriptures in 1 Timothy, you know, about deception and all that and and faults and all that. And when Jesus said, beware that nobody. I thought it was just talking about church stuff. No, it's not talking about church stuff, y'all. It's talking about living life. Deception abounds today. And the people that are most deceived have absolutely no, no clue. And if you even mention that it's wrong, they're going to chew you out. You'll have to go take a bath because they just gave you a spit bath. At least wipe your face, right? Hmm. Spirit of Antichrist, misinformation. I'll skip that one. So i got to ask you a question. Here's a question I have to ask me. If I'm, am I willing to stand for what I believe when it's not convenient? Are you? Really? Huh? You're willing to stand up and tell somebody, look, I, I hear you're saying that, but see, I disagree with that. Here's what the Bible says, and this is what I believe. Are you willing for somebody to ridicule you when that comes out of your mouth? Do you ever do that? Or you just kind of silently be, say, you know, just say nothing. If you do that, silence is permission. Yes? Well, when, when what the culture is doing, when the laws are passed, and you have to go against the grain, are you willing to stand? Friends, this stuff's coming very quickly. How many hear me? I got this, I did a blog here a few days ago, and I actually copy-pasted this from my blog, and I, I see here's one paragraph. It says, today's a day to weigh what you hear in a balance against the Word of God. It's amazing that in this age of technological advancement, we are potentially more deceived than ever. If you believe everything you hear, you're most probably a deceived person. And then the next paragraph, and I'm going to read this on purpose. All of the news organizations, for instance, have built-in biases. Is that true or false? Every single one. That includes ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNPC, Fox. And if I left out your favorite one, please include it. Now, you know, I do some things on purpose. I just flick around channel from channel. You know what I found out? They're all saying the same thing exactly the same way. Somebody's telling them what to say. That's weird. I don't know about you, but that's weird to me. 
I mean, I came up in the age of Walter Cronkite, and that's the way it is. Sunday, July 28th, 2020. This is Walter Cronkite. Good night. They were just spouting facts. But now we've got 24-hour day, seven days a week news. And then you got push notifications on your phone from every app you got on there that has it's news-related. Is that true? So it's bilging stuff to you constantly, 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 constantly. And what's the end game? I want you to believe what you're hearing. Now the media platforms, Facebook, Google, Twitter, I just read this morning, Instagram won't even allow. Here's a, here's a praise and worship group with a praise and worship leader in a city in America that had outdoor praise and worship because the, uh, the violence was not far away. And they banned it from Instagram because it's praise and worship. It's too biased. Wow. Yeah. See, their bias is built in, Right? Why? To sway opinion. All of this is pushing a narrative that moves us away from faith in God, believing the word, and from embracing moral values that create strong family and strong children that can think for themselves. Yes or no? And now all over our nation you got rioting. I don't know what else to call it. Thuggery? Is that a word? It is. Rioting, thuggery, looting, pulling down statues, demanding that police forces resign or scale down in a major way. What's that part of? A scheme to decentralize control. Mm, Destabilize the world. How many hear me? The organizations running that kind of stuff, they have a lot of money. What's behind that? It's a demonic scheme. A one-world rule. If you can't see that, then you don't have your eyes open. Oh, your spiritual eyes are closed. How many hear me? Tearing down these statues. How many know you can't change history? History's history. History's what it is. Anybody that tries to change history, there's a scheme behind that, y'all. Do you realize Islam... Founded in the 600 A.D.s by Mohammed. The Crusades, the Middle Ages, the wars. You know what, Islam, if you've traveled any, you go to the Middle East, there's some beautiful cultures. The Persian culture is a beautiful culture. The Egyptian culture is a beautiful culture. Now they got some sin there, of course they all do. But you know what Islam did? They go into a country and they erase their history and force them to conform to their laws, their belief systems. Only way you do that is topple history, topple the statues. Yes or no? That's what's happening in America today. What's it called? Deception. Friends, we're living it right now. So demonic forces are seeking to separate people from truth. They twist Truth to make it say something that God never meant it to mean. How many hear me? It's quiet. So I had seven points. Maybe I can get to two. I want to talk about, well, how do you counteract all of this? Well, that's the question I have. God, I, I mean, I can't change a lot of this kind of stuff because it's our leaders. How many know you need to be praying for all of the leaders in our country? Pray for your local leader, leaders, civic governments, local governments, City governments, uh, mayors, council members. How many, you need to pray for them. Somebody elected them to their offices and they have some wrong ideas about what, what freedom is. How many hear me? I have to say these things because what I know is coming. When I pray back in March when the COVID-19 thing happened, I told you I, God gave me one word after prayer. It's the word nefarious. I did not know what he was saying. Now, you know, COVID-19, is it, a, is it a serious illness? Yes. But it's a really like a case of the bad, a bad case of flu. That's what it, if you research. I mean, hear what I just said. And then people that have underlying conditions. 
If they get a bad case of the flu, that's really dangerous for them. Yes or no? But 99 point whatever recover and do okay. Yes or no? It is not a pandemic. That goes over big too. I hear that word. I'm sick of hearing the word, y'all. It's not a pandemic the way everything else in history was a pandemic. Some pandemics killed 75 million people. 50 million people, 25 million people. This one happened. And we got everything locked down. Why? I can't, I'm not even going to say. <laughs> We're living in an age of deception, y'all. So I say, Pastor, man, you're giving me all this stuff. How do I stand? Well, let me give you a couple of things here. I've got seven points. Obviously, I'm not getting to them today. Unless you want me to preach till 11, then I could. But I'm, <laughs> number one, I shouldn't have said that. Here's the number one thing you need to know. God's word brings stability to life. How many hear what I just said? You know, I started my life in God. I was very emotionally upwrought. Uh, I was on drugs. I smoked pot. I love pot. I used to love the way it smelled. Reefer. I did. No, they don't, I don't know what they call it now. I don't want to know. But I was emotionally distraught up and down. One day, great. The other day, lousy. So the lousy days, just smoke a little more. You know, you take some uppers, downers. We had all kinds of little pills we took and stuff, you know. But my life, I was uh, emotionally, relationally like a, like a yo-yo. I'm up one day, down the next. And then what people thought about me affected me. If somebody didn't like me, I thought about that all day long, you know. And it bothered me, and I had a pretty bad day. And, um, but then when I came to Jesus, and I started viewing my life from the lens that God sees me through. He sees me through the lens of His Word. He sees me in Christ, and everything that he says about me in the New Testament is absolutely true. And then the promises of God you find uh, for Old Testament saints, though many of them account for us as well. You know what? How many know they're absolutely true? And when I start, stopped believing my feelings and stopped only thinking about what others thought or said about me, and then I started concentrating on what God said about me, my life changed. How many have had that happen to you? And then I found this scripture, Isaiah 33, verse 6. This is King James, New King James. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. What is wisdom? The word of God's wisdom. What is real knowledge? The word. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. He's not talking about getting your PhD. I have met people got two or three PhDs and some more than that. And they have the most twisted mind I've ever seen in my life. And they don't know up from down or in from out. But if you know the word, people may call you a simpleton, but you got real wisdom. And you've got real knowledge. How many hear me? Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is treasure. And then... Um, God's admonishment to Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. I was an 18-year-old boy. I found out, you know what? I've been hearing a lot of stuff, but this stuff here in the Bible, that's really true about me. When I started believing that, my life changed. And here we are 44 years later, Man, I can't believe, it's amazing. The but people that knew me then don't even know me now. That was Mousy Mitch. And now I'm Mighty in God Mitch. I brag on the Lord. He that boasts, let him boast in the Lord, right? Psalm 1, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked to stand around sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord. That's the word. Meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season. Now, I've traveled enough in arid lands. When you see trees that are in a, an arid land where there's not a lot of water, they're stubby and short. 
And then when you come upon a river, you've got some, some pretty good-sized trees there. Why? Because they have a water source when everything's dry. And that's what God says to the believer. When you get the word inside of you, you're like a tree by a riverbank. We don't think about that in our culture because we stay in our houses most of the time. And we don't think about life and our planet and the way things are. No, he says you're going to be a tree, like a tree planted to have, that has lots of water by a river bearing fruit each season. Your leaf never will never wither. And whatever you do will prosper. Now, I don't know about you. God dangled that carrot to me as an 18-year-old. I said, give me that carrot. I'm going to chase that the rest of my life. And it stood me good. I'm going to tell you now. I know if you're not a person of the word, become a person of truth. Become a person of the word. If you will, you can navigate what's coming. How many hear me? That's the only hope you got. If you choose to do what everybody else do, does, you're gonna, your ship is going to sink right along with theirs. How many hear me? I'm prepared for any eventuality, any change, any challenge. Because on the inside of me, I'm insulated from the inside out with the word. How many hear me? Number two, ask God for a hunger for the word. That's the greatest thing you could ever hunger for. Is the Bible. You say, well, pastor, I don't hunger for the word. Yeah, I know. I know. Ask God to renew your hunger. Start reading. I started ministry. This is awful. I started ministry out of the will of God. <laughs> That's bad. Nobody wants to say that. 1981, I graduated from the second Bible school I attended and got out of the will of God by becoming associate pastor of a church. Susan and I went 1,200 miles out of the will of God because I said, that's the will of God, and that was not true. It was my pride in the way. And anyway, long, short story of it was, 10 months later, I figured out, well, probably about four or five months into it, I said, something's wrong. Kenneth Hagin, one of my spiritual mentors at the time, said, if you're out of the will of God, it's like taking a shower with your socks on. Something just doesn't feel quite right. Get it? And so I'd say to Susie, remember what Kenneth Hagin said? I got my wet socks on every day. Something's wrong. And I figured out I got out of the will of God and said, well, Lord. And so I had to move back to where I left the will of God. Got back into it, but here's what happened in the process. Because of the hardships of life, I lost my hunger for the Word. Have you ever lost your hunger for God? I lost my hunger for God. It was 1982. We're talking about like August, September of 1982. Susan and I moved back to the city we were in originally before I got us out of the will of God. We got our old jobs back. We're doing fine. Everything's great. I'm going to church, but I'm just sitting there like a bump on a log. That pastor's saying stuff, he's preaching, but I'm just not hearing it because I'm, I'm just tired. You ever been just tired and weary? Things haven't worked out. You're aggravated with yourself. You're aggravated with other people because they didn't do what they said they would do. I had people that promised me the moon and gave me, didn't even give me a grain of sand. I said, I'm done with this, God. And I started ministry that way. I'm just done. I don't want to listen to anybody. I don't want to hear anybody. I don't even know if that preacher's telling the truth. And I was a Bible school graduate, y'all. I'm in ministry. I've been ordained. So what? I had no hunger. And I was sitting in the church one Sunday morning, and I heard the, the guest pastor say, his name was Rodney Lloyd. He's still, I think he still pastors in the northeastern United States. And he said, and he used to be a, a, a teacher at one of the schools I attended. And he was a guest speaker at the church. And he made one statement, and I got it. Because I knew I was wrong. I was, have you ever just been aggravated? And you think you have a right to be aggravated with life, with yourself, and with everything else. And if ever, anybody says to, something to you, you just basically say, shut up, don't talk about that. I ain't talking right now. Well, I don't like to tell you, but that was me. Even Susan said, Mitch, you, man, dude. I said, I know, just leave me alone. So I'm sitting in church and here's what he said. Your desires always follow what you put your attention on. I said, that's how I get my spirits. Because I was hurt. I said, God, I love you, but I just don't want it right now. And I saw what I needed to do. Y'all, for the next two weeks, cassette tape players were in vogue. Anybody know what a cassette tape player is? 
And mine had an on-off switch on my hand. So one hand, you know, I'm left-handed, so my right hand got an on-off switch. And so I'd take tapes of the pastor's sermons because he preached the word. He would just quote scripture, just scripture after scripture. I'd wrote down every single, single thing he said, and I'd just, the on and off switch was going all the time. And, I'm, and, I, and I sat for two hours a day, and I wrote down every single, single thing he said. I didn't want to do it, but if desire follows attention, I'm going to get my heart for God back. And y'all, one day, I've been doing that for about two weeks every day, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, mostly an hour and a half. And I just listened to a cassette tape because I, I, I didn't have any desire to read. How many, I mean, this ain't, I'm not proud of this. I'm just telling you how it works. I didn't want to pray. I'm fed up with life. If that's you, listen carefully. I just started doing it every day. I had pages and pages and pages of notes. After two weeks, I woke up one morning. And for the first time in months and months and months, I said, you know, I want to read my Bible today. Oh, my Lord. Praise and worship time came at church. It's like, you know what? I'm going to lift my hands up. I'm going to get some prayer. You see what I'm saying? Huh? I want to hear. I want to read. I want God. If you've lost your desire, and you know, I know I'm talking to people right now. You've lost your hunger for God. And if you ever need to get it back, it is today. Because without the word, let me tell you, you're a vulnerable person. I've been using this little phrase. You're like a snail in a salt mine. There's problems all around and you don't have an answer and you're melting away. Right? Without the word, that's you. How many hear me? So as a pastor, I've got to tell you, things are going to get a lot worse than they are right now. And my heart, and I'm making personal preparations. Everybody okay? Just, is this okay to talk about all this? My, deep, I deeply encourage you to do the following. Have a supply of food at home. You're dumb as dirt if you don't have anything but your next seven-day meals at home. Okay? Grocery stores only have a three or less day supply of food for the community around them. If something happens and the trucks can't get to your grocery store, you can't even wipe your rear end. I'm sorry. Scratch that from the thing. You know what I just met, said because the shelves are still empty. Is it true? I'm sorry, y'all. Lord, forgive me. You get it, right? So are you unwise to have no preparation for what is coming? Yes. I've got, I'm not going to tell you what I got, but I got something. Will you share it with me? Maybe. But if you know to prepare and, 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 and don't, I don't know. I'm joking. You hear me? Have a way to get water that's clean. Have some cash set aside. Because you might go to ATM one day or go to use your little car and say, well, we don't take that right now. Well, what you going to do? You'll be hungry. You'll have, you won't be able to get gas. What you going to do? So prepare for what's coming. Have I been plain enough? If you're a person and you live day to day, it's time for you to change your ways. and You need to be a wise, as wise as an ant. Look at the ant, thou sluggard, Proverbs says, right? Prepare for the future. Job's 23, 12, I'm meddling too much. I've not departed from his commands. I've treasured his words more than my daily food. Is the word, is this more important to you than eating a, a five guys burger and fry burger? Huh? Or your favorite food, Huh? Jeremiah 15, 16, your words were found and I ate them. And your word to me was the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I'm called by your name. Psalm 19, the instruction of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The law of the Lord is true. Each one is fair. They're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. 
You may want to consider, instead of just having money, have some other metals, like silver, gold. I'm just saying things are going to happen, y'all. In my prayer life, I know things are going to happen that I don't like and you don't like. And I'm dumb as dirt and I'm disobedient if I don't warn you. The last thing I want to happen is something happens and people come up to me. Why didn't you tell me what was coming? Well, I didn't want to upset you. I'd rather upset you and you not like me and obey God than to give you just some cream and some ice cream and some lollipop every Sunday. Hear me? How many hear me? Yeah. They're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold, sweeter than honey, even the honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. So here's my encouragement. Get yourself off of social media all day long. Some people keep Facebook open every time they got a notification. Oh, who said something to me? That makes me feel so good. Somebody liked something I said. Get over it, y'all. Shut the social media, shut Instagram, Snapchat, what else? What else? Twitter. Cut it off. And here's the deal. Spend time in the Word all throughout the day. Not just in the morning. Well, I got my 365-day Bible. I don't care about your 365-day Bible. A lot of people just read that and then do nothing with it throughout the day. I was just thinking yesterday, they, uh, Smith Wigglesworth. So what's the secret of your excitement, your, your zest for God? You know what they found out? After his lunch... Even before he was in ministry, he has a little testament. He said, I read from the testament. Lester Summerall used to go to his house when, when uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth was an elderly man. Smith, uh, Lester Summerall was a young man. And this is probably in the late 20s, 30s. And uh, Smith Wigglesworth, who was a tremendous evangelist of yesteryear, died in 1947 or 8. Wonderful man of God. I mean, just tremendous power in his ministry. And he said he would go to Lester, uh, Lester Summerow, would go to Smith Wigglesworth's house. I heard him in person say this so many times because I loved Lester Summerall's ministry. He said, I go to his house as a young man. He said, come in, young man. You're always welcome in my home. And he said he was in his 80s, dressed to perfection. He said, he said have a seat. He'd sit down in the parlor. They called it a parlor, the entry room. Have a seat. He'd sit on a chair. And he said, I was just reading. And he'd read several chapters out of the Bible. And then, and then, and then uh, Smith Wigglesworth would say, well, let's pray. And they'd pray for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And he said, oh, oh, here's another scripture. And he'd read another few passages from the Bible. And, Lester, and then he would say, well, it's time for my nap. I must go. Thank you for coming. Come again. And here's what Lester Summerall said. When I walked out the door, he said, I noticed I'm walking down the street and I got a spring in my step. The sky is bluer. The grass is greener. Something's different. I got something and he called it. He said, I got something in my innards. I got something inside of me. It boosted me. And he said, I never forgot. I heard that when I was in my 20s, y'all. And you know what I found out? There ain't a movie there's not a book, there's not a social app that can give you what the Word can give you throughout your day. And listen to me, what we need to do from here on out, I just ran out of time, good grief, Jesus help me. Every day, y'all seriously, throughout the day, keep a Bible near you. Now I've got dozens of translations on my, and I've got hundreds of volumes Seriously, I just bought a 30, I love this. I just bought a 36 volume commentary right here. And it's hooked to my Bible. I love it. It's just wonderful. But I take it with me. I'm, I'm in the Word all day, throughout the day. I'm studying, I'm doing this, I'm doing my work here, doing this. But you know what? I take a break, I take a word break. Take a word break. You take a break in the morning at work, take a word break. Get your Bible out. Read a passage, read a chapter. Read it slow. Think about it. How many hear me? And when you read the Word, ask yourself, is there something I'm doing that I need to stop doing? Is there some attitude that I need to change? Is there some motive that's wrong that I have in life because of what I just read? How many hear me? Is there some sin I need to forsake? Is there some promise I need to believe? What is in this for me? Apply it to your life. And if you do that, then you're going to quit reading at some point and say, Lord, now, you know, deal with me about that. I need to change that. 
Or I need to add that to me. How many hear me? If you read the word like that, I promise you, it'll be sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. It'll be better than a bar of gold. And right now, gold's, I'll just check the spot on gold, 17.73 an ounce. How many hear me? It's good. How many know the word will change you? Dude, I'm serious. You need to cut off. You need to cut off the social apps. Start your day with God. Start your day with the Word. And then follow it throughout the day. Huh? First, first thing I do when I get up in the morning, I, tell you, I drink water. Every morning when I get up, I drink water. I won't tell you why, but I drink water. Did you know that's not the only time I drink water? Huh? I drink water all day long. Do the same thing with the Word. And if you do, I don't care how harsh the winds are that blow. I don't care how dark the storm is that comes. (laughs) On the inside, you will be prepared. And you'll be ready for everything that comes. So let the wind blow. Let the storms rage. But you'll be satisfied and content in the secret place of the Most High.